Recording Dirt of the Play Gear 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. I'm Chris Epting. I'm an author of uh, lots of pop culture travel books. I like visiting places where stuff happened, and I do a TV show on the Reels channel called It Happened Here, which also is all about visiting places having to do with movies and TV and, and all kinds of pop culture events. So thank you for having me, Jim. Chris, thanks for being on the show. You are, uh, the best way I can describe you is you are a polymath. You do everything from uh, uh, baseball stats to uh, where Janis Joplin had her last evening in a, in a hotel room. And <laughs> I can't recommend your books enough. They are, they are the perfect. Like when you're trying to find a gift for somebody who, uh, you, you know, you're not sure what they like, you know that they'll like one of your books. I appreciate um, that, man. Thank you very much. Uh, the the book that you uh, you co you co-authored with uh, with uh, uh, John Oates, I, uh, I was Change um, of Seasons. Yeah, yeah, it was it was stunning, and it's just a, I. I never like I I would wonder, gee, what were those guys like? And it's it's such an in depth thing, and you know it, it's of our time. We you know we we were both children of the seventies and eighties. And I was a huge Hall and Oates fan when we were growing up. I mean, so for me, those kinds of projects are extra surreal because you step into their world and they basically put their life in your hands. And it's like, what do I do? It's John Oates, you know, and <laughs> and you really want to be careful, but you also want to tell a great story. And thankfully, John was an amazing collaborator. Totally ruined me forever it was like it was that good an experience that <laughs> anything else is just uh it's really hard to to get to that level again but again lots of fun projects like that it is fun to collaborate with somebody to respect on that level yeah wow well uh speaking of, uh, of pop culture and things this this 70s movie this was before i mean it was before all the big blockbusters like jaws and things like that but i, I can remember when it first came out this was a big hit in the you know in the summertime in 1971 i was just a little kid uh, but I still, you know, it was a G-rated movie, which just, you know, the more you look at the things that happened in this movie, it's like, how did it get to be G-rated? But I, what, what was your experience with this film? Oh, I have book? an experience, and it's so funny because I, I think I was nine years old when it came out, and it was a friend's birthday. Uh, I think Corey Grossman was his name, and he invited me and two or three other friends to go to a movie. And I'm like, great, like a movie party. But clearly it was the father that wanted to go see Andromeda Strain because this is what we went to see. And, and he's and he in the car, he's pitching into us saying, hey, guys, you're going to love this. It's about outer space and astronauts and, you know, weird things to take over. So we're expecting something way more intense. And what I remember as a kid thinking, this is so, like, understated. It's so subtle, you know. I kept waiting for something to happen. But then at a certain point, I realized that the waiting is really what it's all about. And it's that tension and, and taut feeling that Crichton was such a master of. And so I have a very vivid... I mean, this is literally, I think, one of the first two movies I remember seeing as a kid. And and, and I, I'm not sure if I liked it or appreciated it, but I knew it made an impact on me. I knew I would see it again when I was older to really understand. It was kind of like 2001. I knew that I didn't appreciate it fully and I would need to see it later, but that there was something very compelling about it. And I, again, I think it's the quietness of it and just the, the understatement overall. It's surprisingly, the, uh, the, the many people that I've talked to about this movie, it's surprising how, you know, 50 years on, it still has that very strong memory of when the first time you saw this. I mean, you get those those 
unmistakable images in your head, like the, you know, cutting the arm open and getting all the red dust spilling out. And the, yeah, yeah. And the, well, the, we hadn't seen things like that up until that point. I think it pushed that envelope. Uh, but also there's something so stark about it and so remote, the isolation. You know, again, it's uh, it's before we had blockbusters that were loud and noisy and, and, and special effects laden. This really wasn't that. This This had a quietness to it that I think really lured you in and made it creepier in a way. Yeah, and the complete, uh, like the plausibility of it. There's nothing supernatural. There was nothing, there was nothing like, you know, magic or anything. This was actual And this science. is in the space age, right? This is, you know, just a, a year or so after men walk on the moon. So we're in that mode. We're all drinking tang. We're all, you know, <laughs> eating freeze-dried uh, food and stuff, pretending to be astronauts. And here's something where this idea of space, that space can bite you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> they never told us that during the Apollo missions. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's like usually with, with with the Apollo missions, you saw all the training and things that they did, and that they knew what was going to happen, and they they prepared for everything, and everything was known. And here they've landed in this in this situation; they're about to be dropped into a situation where they have no idea what's going on. There's they're, they, no idea as to the cause, except for the satellite that fell out of the sky, and and they're so you know like they they've tried the the fail-safes that they've put in sound really draconian. I mean, it, as we open this minute, we're talking to Dempsey, the pilot, and he's talking about that they're going to have to, you know, incinerate the aircraft if something happens to uh, the two doctors that are in the back seats. Yeah, which is almost, to me, what, what that rem- looking at it now, what it reminds me of is what you hear, like, in World War II or any war, basically, where you've got to destroy the plane. If, if anything happens, you have to wipe out the evidence. Yeah, yeah. It's that same kind of mentality of... Uh, you know, there's a really short fuse on this, and there's basically one one reaction that you've got should something go wrong. Yeah, and it's it doesn't seem like I mean Dempsey, this is his job. It doesn't seem like he volunteered for it. This is guess what? You're in a job today, and you could possibly die if you come back, but you'll be fine because you'll be in your spacesuit. But we're still going to have to get rid of you because something's wrong. We just don't know how to fix it. So let's, let's just blow up your airplane, baby, with the bathwater. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just absolutely terrifying. You know, what I, you know what I remember specifically at, at sort of second 20 here, the 22nd mark, when you first see the town that they see, the church, again, very stark, very isolated, very abandoned. I remember thinking, you know, wow, what, what, like, what a cool movie set. And then as I got older and started writing books about going to places where they shot great films, you know, I learned that that actually wasn't a set. It's actually a little town, a ghost town called Shafter, Texas. And that yeah. stuff is all still there. And I don't know if you've discussed this earlier, but it's a great place to visit if you want to step into a moment like we're talking about and actually experience what they did. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's exciting that these are, you know, these aren't props. They actually, this is, you know, a real town out in the middle of nowhere, uh, right there almost to the Mexican border. And it, you couldn't, I don't think you could reproduce that in a, on a sound stage. It's, it, it has just that, that terrible feel of, of, like you were saying, isolation. And, you know, in, in one case, that's in, in a certain way of looking at it, it's fortunate that it's isolated because otherwise if there were trucks passing through and people going by, this thing would be spreading everywhere. Right. And it's funny too, is like even it does to me, it looks very foreboding no matter what's going on there. Like even if things were fine, it's not like classic small town America. This is kind of an end of the road town. And like you say, it's, it's very desolate, very otherworldly. And it does, it's not an warm, engaging place on any level. I think it feels a bit threatening, you know, Despite, you know, what's going on there, it still feels pretty weird when you see it. 
Yeah, that that amazing scene here that uh, that Robert Wise throws out after the after the helicopter flies in, and we don't get to see them climbing down a rope ladder, looking awkward at all. All we see is this cloud of dust, and it's it's almost like Star Trek that they've kind of beamed into this town. Yeah, exactly. The the reveal the reveal is really interesting, and this movie does that a lot, I think, where it. It has these weird little shortcuts that compress time in interesting ways. And this, you're right. This is a great example of that where the smoke reveals them and uh, and they're just there. And we can see that truck off to the left that's kind of ghosted and the door is open. So there's some, act, you know, there's been activity there. It's a, it's a really compelling scene. And a great use of the widescreen there as we're seeing. I mean, it, it kind of heightens their isolation that there's nobody around but these two guys. Right. And as, and as it dissipates, then you see the other car on the right. I mean, they're really, they're very skillful in, in how they show you what they show you and the time it takes to reveal it, you know. And it's, I think that's, again, that's part of the haunting quality here is there's kind of stuff there all the time, but we don't always see it unless they let us see it. Yeah, and it it talks to us in the in the language of the Western. I mean, you have the the endless you know the treeless mountains in the background, and you know again adding to the isolation. But you feel like you know these guys are the law now. You know this they, they've got to find out what's happened. This is kind of like showing up after a you know after a, an Indian massacre, massacre or something like that in an old you know Fort Apache type of movie. These guys are oh exactly uh, no exactly they're there to take account. But it's still an act of crime scene. That's what I always like about this, too, is they're not there just doing a post-mortem. This thing is unresolved. So they've got to observe it, but then they, they don't know what could happen a second later because it's still active. Yeah, you have those uh, the the, uh, the tropes of the of the police procedural almost in this that you're uh, you're looking around and instead of looking at one body, you're looking at a whole town full of bodies. Right, right. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, when you get to like the 50 second mark and you see the buildings revealed and the other automobiles, this really is just the way they the time it takes to show you what else is there. It's almost a blizzard that we start in, and then as everything settles. You get a sense of the world there. It's it's a really captivating scene, and it's surprising. I know, Chris, you've read the book. It it feels a lot. This is one of the one of the most book like movies I've ever seen. I, that that to me is stunning because that never happens anymore. I'm not sure it ever really did, but this thing absolutely feels lifted from the pages, and I think that's great because Crichton's writing is so you know he keeps you at such arm's length from a lot of this stuff and really paints this picture. Of, of just how desperate and isolated this is. And the film, I mean, again, it's the, it's the quiet nature of it, the stillness of it all is, is, is really lifted from the pages. And I, I love that. And it's funny. I, I think that's a pretty tough thing to do, but I, I, Crichton had to be happy with this execution, I would think. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And it, I, the way that Wise uh, does these juxtapositions, I mean, we see that, you know, that, that reveal where they're, where they're first in the town and we cut immediately to a hard close-up of a guy who's had his eyes chewed out by vultures. Uh, and it's, you know, this, imagine this 60 feet tall on a screen in front of you and, you know, well, you're, and you're a nine-year-old kid watching this. So it's, it's, it's so stark and, and brilliant. Uh, I'm, uh, it, it really is. Um, there's, there's nothing like it. And, and again, this, this particular minute, I think, is really good. Yeah, I uh, I I love the the fact that it's it. I mean, even though these things are very stark, it's very understated. He didn't go, he didn't go extremely gory, but what he where, what he put in there was it seemed realistic, and um, and you you feel the audience at this point, 
is like, well, we've already seen these weird things happen where the, you know, the guys that were in the, in the van screamed and disappeared and, and all these people are being drawn together by the, by the air force and being pulled out of their jobs and being sent in on this, on this mission. Well, here's, here's the first time we're looking at a real dead body from this, uh, from, from, from whatever it is that's killing these people. And I, I just, I'm impressed by how much it's, it's a lot different than, uh, you know, the other Robert Wise science fiction film that he had done the, the day the earth stood still, that was kind of very sedate and, you know, uh, very slow paced and, and mostly just, there wasn't anything uh, dreadful about it, but this, gosh, it, it, it's definitely, it's a whole new world in the, in the seventies for Robert Wise. Yeah. How old were you when you saw this, Jim? I was 11 and, uh, it was, uh, I'd seen it, actually I saw it on my 11th birthday and, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was strange that I had read the book. I think I'd read the book the summer before and, uh, everybody, but, uh, we went to a, we went to a swimming, this was in, in central New Jersey and we belonged to a, a swim club. They had a pool and you could go swimming at this pool. And I remember my mom's friends would all, you know, they, they'd sit around the pool or play Mahjong or something. And, uh, uh, but a lot of them were reading the Andromeda Strain, and I picked up the book and I started paging through it. And I saw, well, there's a lot of computer stuff and things in it. And then I started reading the book, and I think I read it two or three times that summer, just saying, "Wow, this is a really great book." And uh, and then seeing the movie and how much it related to the uh, to the film uh, uh, to the book, I, I was stunned. Um, and this may be one of those. One of those films that got me thinking about the process of making movies and like wondering, well, if you had this book in front of you, how would you turn it into a movie? How did this guy, Robert Wise, how, how did he come up with, you got to do this scene and this scene and this scene, and these are the people that you're going to need it in, and this are the kind of costumes they're going to wear. Who puts that all together? And I think this got me thinking about movie making uh Possibly the first film I thought about was that. Wow. Well, there's a bit of a shocking image here that closes this minute out, like at about 55 seconds, where, again, it's another reveal, another uh, you know piece of the puzzle they reveal when we see the victim lying. It, very strange, grotesque angle, kind of looking you know, at his head as he's sort of upside down, and we see yeah. the, the guys approaching, and, and you can see his eyes have been pecked out or something. It looks like clearly... There's a lot of trauma and distress here, and like to your point earlier, it's a G-rated movie, and and this is this is a fairly graphic shot right here. Yeah, extremely. I mean, we have him, and we have the 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 dead vulture that did that to him on the on the side too. So it's it's just yeah, and and I think what you pointed out that little that bit of uh, allegory there that the world is upside down because of the way this guy's landed. Um, it's yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's it's a very unsettling angle, you know, and it's something you wouldn't normally see. Uh, you know, in a film, uh, to me, it's almost Tarantino-esque, you know, because it's it's unexpected, it's it's a bit shocking, it's incongruous, you know, and and again, the reveal is uh, is strong, and again, you get the, like you said, you have the bird right there, and and this is really indicative that something something very strange and awful is going on. Yeah, and and that fisheye lens that they're using to get all the you know, you see the background, the mountains, and the church, and the uh, I guess it's the school that's attached to the church. Everything to get everything in frame, they had to use a very large fisheye lens, which of course distorts the uh, the way this uh, this fellow's head is, and it, it it almost has like a 3D feel to it that his head is sticking out into the audience, and this is like dropping dropping the horror of Piedmont, New Mexico, in your lap. 
So uh, yeah, just uh, quite a quite a close for this particular uh, for this particular minute. But there's there's many more uh, terrifying things to uh, to come. So, well, it definitely uh, sets up what's to come. I mean, again, with a body reveal like this, you know that from this point on, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a roller coaster. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, a great a great method of of storytelling. Um, Wow. Well, we're going to look at uh, future minutes during this week of similar horrific things. So, so hang on to your strap, fasten your seatbelts, please. Uh, wow. Well, for uh, for folks who are interested in, in talking about these images or where you first saw uh, Andromeda, uh, the Andromeda strain, we've got a couple of places on social media. You can join us on Twitter, of course, at Andromeda Minute or at Project Wildfire on Facebook. Uh, always interesting hearing different people's takes. Good name. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're, 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 it's, it's good for the, the hardcore Andromeda Strain watcher. Um, also, if, uh, if you've missed any of our previous episodes, they're always available at the big site, andromedaminute.com. Uh, you can find us on any of your favorite podcasters like uh, Apple uh, Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or wherever, wherever fine podcasts are grabbed. Uh, Chris, where can people find or listen to your work? You mentioned Reels. Yeah, um, the Reels channel is a thing called It Happened Here. And they've got about 10 episodes they rotate. And then my books are on Amazon.com. I mean, there's plenty of stuff there. And I have a website, which is simply chrisepting.com. And there's a lot of a lot of junk there as well, pictures and articles and just kind of fun things. But I always like to direct people to Amazon because if you're looking for books during this time, like a lot of people are, you can just put my name in there and up will come 30-some-odd excursions into pop culture and everyone a gem i haven't read every one of them but i've i've, I've read quite a few and they are well worth your time i appreciate that jim thank you ah great well we'll, we'll pick this up again in the, in the meantime please everybody maintain your social distance and uh, wash your hands when you can and uh, we'll get through this okay so we'll see you here next time on the andromeda minute yes we will Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.